You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The long-term credit rating of the United States was downgraded on Tuesday, the 1st of August by the Fitch Ratings Agency, which said that the nation's high and growing debt burden and penchant for brinkmanship over America's authority to borrow money had eroded confidence in its fiscal management. Quite a statement. Fitch lowered the U.S. long-term rating to AA plus from its top mark of triple A. With me now is portfolio manager at 91 in Cape Town and that's Adam Furlan. This is only the second time in history that this has happened. And okay, the market did react, Adam, but it just seems to say to Fitch, uh, you know what, we knew this was coming. It's been 20 years in the making. Uh, hi, Lindsay. Yes. Um, yeah, the Treasury market definitely um, did shrug off the downgrade by Fitch. And um, I think predominantly due to the fact that, um, yeah, as you said, the market um, saw it coming. Um, all of the reasons that Fitch did cite um, for the downgrade um, being, as you mentioned, um, widening deficits going forward, elevated levels of debt in the U.S., and also the sort of political instability around debt ceiling um, debates um, that have been more recently resolved. Um, all of those were the reasons which the market is very well aware of and didn't quite change um, the fact that U.S. Treasuries are still the safe haven asset globally and actually are still offering um, relatively good real yields. What does it mean, though, practically now? The United States has gone from AAA to AA+. Does that mean that certain funds cannot invest in AA+, they can only invest in AAA, so therefore money comes out of the Treasury market? What are the practicalities here, Adam? I haven't seen any practical impacts that would um, preclude um, any portfolio in particular from not holding treasuries at the moment, um, given they've been moved from AAA to AA+. On top of that, we've also checked sort of on the regulation, particularly for bank holdings of U.S. sovereign debt, would it have capital impacts on bank charges or bank capital charges due to the fact that they're now holding lower rated securities? And that is also unclear and not not likely that it would impact the banks. Um, the fact is that um, U.S. Treasury bonds are still the Fed's preferred um, collateral when providing liquidity against assets, and and therefore um, you do have an asset that you can borrow against from the Federal Reserve, and for that reason um, they remain the risk-free asset despite their rating. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and before we get on to the emerging market uh, impact or the potential impact on emerging market currencies and debt markets, it says here, the repeated debt limit political standoffs and last minute resolutions have eroded confidence in fiscal management, Fitch said in a statement. In addition, it goes on to say, the government lacks a medium term fiscal framework, unlike most peers, and has a complex budgeting process. When the other two rating agencies, the big ones, i.e. Moody's and Standard & Poor's, see this, will they follow, do you think, Adam? There is a very good chance that they will follow. Um, I mean, all these rating agencies have somewhat similar methodologies and they will be looking at the same issues um, being the elevated level of debt, the widening fiscal um, balances going forward and... Um, probably more importantly, the, the governance issues and the, the budgeting process, as you mentioned, that is complex and is likely to lead to um, a credit deterioration. So um, I think very possible that uh, Moody's and or S&P could follow. Um, I don't think that it will have a material impact whether one or more 
of the agencies sit at triple A or double A plus. The median now moves down to double A plus. And generally, when looking at these sort of things, a portfolio or a um, bank or regulatory framework would look at the lowest of the three major rating agencies. What does it mean for emerging market currencies and also bond markets? So I'm just looking at the the dollar rand as we pre-record this podcast, 1847, which is a a 0.8% rally for the US dollar. The euro dollar itself, 109.50, which is a euro that has fallen uh, 0.4%. So it's almost though the market is taking it in its stride. But um, are you fearful that this type of move is bad for emerging market currencies? Because I can't quite work out the dynamic here. Yeah, so, um, I mean, this morning um, when the market had the news, we did see a little bit of a outperformance of safe haven currencies, excluding the dollar, like the Japanese yen. Um, that quickly turned around. Um, and from an emerging market perspective, and if we're going to talk about dollar rand, the rand actually turned around its strong rally from July on the back of actually what um, was a dovish ECB a week ago. Um, and that actually provided a bit of a flaw to the dollar and to the, the DXY index. And, and since then, we've seen a retracement in all emerging market currencies. Um, in light of this more recent news, I think um, the impact on markets will be limited. As we discussed, the Treasury market is fully aware of these issues um, that led to this rating downgrade. And um, today, what we're actually seeing is um, U.S. Treasuries, the 10-year Treasury, testing the more recent highs of 4.08% again. Um, And that is actually more in reaction to an increase in supply of issuance of U.S. Treasuries from the U.S. government. So um, I don't think the rating change will have a material impact on emerging markets and emerging market currencies. However, the reason behind the rating downgrade, which is the fiscal impulse expanding in the U.S. over the coming years, that is likely to keep U.S. growth elevated um, or more so than it would be if it weren't there, um, which could potentially be supportive to emerging markets um, who obviously like um, strong growth conditions. Uh, Emerging markets are risk assets and and perform better on positive growth outcomes. However, it also will likely keep inflation a bit higher and a bit stickier and therefore increase the sort of long-run cost of capital and long-run interest rates in the U.S. So from a valuation perspective, EM potentially looks a bit more expensive and um, on the expectation that long-run U.S. rates need to tick up or need to remain higher for longer. However, um, from a growth perspective, I think positive for risk assets in general. Um, However, this is already, I mean, known by the market and this fiscal impulse expected to continue over the medium term. Just a final comment from myself, and you can shoot me down as much as you like. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm used to it. The, the Fitch sort of talks about the next three years and uh, the growth prospects don't look like this and they don't look like that. And yet we still get some really good numbers out of the United States economy, whether it be number one, I suppose, is the jobs market. So the timing to me seems rather strange. Maybe they see something that I don't. Rating agencies are, are much more longer term trend driven and, and less focused on cyclical um, impacts in economies. And I think what we're seeing now in the U.S. is quite a remarkable, a remarkable resilience in that economy. So I would say Fitch is looking through what is an anomaly, I think has surprised a lot of economists globally in how strong the U.S. economy, the U.S. labor market has been able to remain um, despite the quantum and and speed of um, this um, interest rate hiking cycle that we've seen from the U.S., 
So, um, yeah, I would imagine Fitch is ignoring it in terms of their longer-term analysis of the U.S. Um, debt sustainability. Um, however, you are correct. The current data and the current state of the U.S. economy looks very healthy, and um, that economy is, is, is more than able to, to – well, is seemingly more than able to handle – um, this higher level of interest rates that we're seeing, which which begs the question, um, do we see these rates higher for much longer? We await the next data points and we await the reaction of the other two big rating agencies. Adam, thank you very much for your analysis. That's Adam Furland, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.